Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Hacking HR podcast, the show where we talk about the amazing future of human resources and all things at the intersection of future of work, technology, innovation, organizations, transformation, and people. At Hacking HR, we believe that human resources can become the most important trailblazer, leading people and organizations successfully and effectively into the new reality of work and life. To do that, we must rise to the challenges of our times, shoot for the stars, and achieve our fantastic potential. During this show, we discuss ideas, insights, data, experiences, stories, and anything else that can contribute to helping you become and be a better HR leader and practitioner. Thank you so much for joining us today and enjoy the show. When you think about it and you talk about it, it's a bit daunting to think about this, this formerly transactional type of organization actually becoming the leader of change. But I would argue that we are very well positioned to be a leader of transformation in our organization. Well, why is that? We have the view across many, many stakeholders, employees, uh, some of us who work with the comp committee, we have board as stakeholders. You know, some of us may interact somewhat with our customers. So I think we're very unique in that we have this big view of a business transformation, if you will. And it's our job then to figure out where are the best places for us to insert ourselves to add value. Kristen is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Vision Corporation. She brings more than 20 years of human resources leadership with significant experience at growth-oriented global companies in software and engineering industries. Kristen is passionate about using technology and analytics to drive transformation and meaningful talent decisions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I am really excited about a conversation on, on HR transformation, the future of HR, HR as a trailblazer with Kristin. How are you, Kristin? Fantastic. Thank you. It's so great to have you in, in the podcast, in the show. And we have, we have so much to talk about, but I want to begin by asking you this. HR as a trailblazer, leading the way into a new reality of life, work, and whatnot. That is a gigantic responsibility for HR, especially when you think about the fact that HR for a long period of time was mostly focused on transaction and administration, and now you're asking HR to be an architect of culture, a facilitator of remote work, an integrator of technology and whatnot. So it's a, it's a lot of responsibilities that we're dealing with right now. What, what, what do you think will be the role of HR in leading the workplaces to this new reality of work and life that we call, quote unquote, future of work. Yeah. So you're right, when you think about it and you talk about it, it's a bit daunting to think about this, this formerly transactional type of organization actually becoming the leader of change. But I would argue that we are very well positioned to be a leader of transformation in our organization. Well, why is that? We have the view across many, many stakeholders, employees, uh, some of us who work with the comp committee, we have board as stakeholders. You know, some of us may interact somewhat with our customers. So I think we're very unique in that we have this big view of a business transformation, if you will. And it's our job then to figure out where are the best places for us to insert ourselves to add value. And let me give you an example. Um, in my organization, Vistian Corp, 
we're going through a major technology transformation where probably the biggest, most important things for our you know, many year history before this has been the manufacturing and looking at pieces, processes, tools to, to figure out how to do the best, to create the most value through our, our manufacturing process. Now we're really becoming a software company, probably like many organizations. So I always talk about the technology transformation and the tools and processes all need to be related to people and to talent. And so in my mind, I can make the clear um, distinction between sort of the administration and the value add to insight driven um, data that's available about our talent and how that can make a difference in how we run our business, how we interact with our customers, and truly, I think, our value proposition to the market. Absolutely. And, and that, that creates, as we were chatting about before, uh, enormous pressures, uh, pressure on, on, on HR to embrace a new set of skills. Because to be able to do that, we won't, we won't, it's not going to be enough just to do what we were doing before or to do well or have the skills that we had before. So when you imagine this kind of HR that you're describing that is propelling organizations forward and, and helping them do effective work, what capabilities do you think that kind of HR and those kind of HR leaders will need? So I think there's probably four or five. Let me think about what those are. So let me first start with critical thinking. Yeah. So the ability to look at a situation, not just with a talent perspective, but from the business, apply critical thinking and using judgment to figure out what is the best answer we need to get to that will help us run our business. Um, the second aspect of that probably is um, a curiosity. You know, how do we do things different? What did we used to do? And is that, should we you know, maintain that standard or status quo or should we do something different? I think the third aspect is how do you move upstream? So when something presents itself to you, is there something that you can do if you look upstream and maybe get involved a little bit sooner that will help you get to a better solution? And then I think it's maybe thinking from an HR perspective, as we think about interventions and programs and tools and some of those things that we need to do, don't design for something that you know will last for five years. Design with 90% accurate that will support six months because that's really more the realistic. And I think, you know, a lot more on that experimentation, on um, doing pilots, about seeing maybe what works in one area that you can leverage, you know, throughout your other locations. That sort of um, entrepreneurial mindset is going to be really important. I, I love that. And critical thinking, curiosity, designing more for, you know, shorter term so that you can deliver value knowing that the circumstances are changing dramatically fast and experimentation. I particularly love this idea of experimentation, one that I myself have been chatting about a lot in the HR space, because very often when I think about how HR delivers its processes or, or its programs, it feels as if, as if HR is trying to control all the variables in the process and design it end to end and only deliver it when you say, all right, this, is the, this, this process is infallible, right? It, it's, it, it, there's no mistakes here. But then when you put it out in the internal market of your organization and it's not what you thought it was going to be, or maybe it is for six months and after six months, it's not delivering the value anymore. So this idea of experimentation is, is very big in the HR space and, and one that we, we don't always, we don't always do. So when you think about these skills 
and that HR that you were describing as, as, as a trailblazer for organizations, what's on the way for us to do that? What's, what are the roadblocks that we have on our path to be able to become that kind of HR? So if you think about what historically, um, where we've come, and certainly many organizations are, are at the next stage, you know, if you think about the administration, if you think about not having tools or technology to, to automate things or to be able to get some insights, um, that certainty feeling, which of course, I think we all want in the world right now, but we know we're not gonna get due to various things. Um, those are the things that are, are, you know, certainly standing in our way of kind of freeing ourselves up. I think another thing that could stand in our way is, you know, if the organization has dependent on us for certainty, if the organization is not open to experimentation, I think there's a lot of things that, you know, could potentially be barriers. Not everybody's going to be able to go down that path for some of those reasons. However, I think more and more today, um, employees, candidates um, are going to demand a different value proposition. And as such, HR is going to have to shift or we're not gonna be able to attract the, the talent that we need to be successful. You know, this is a time, you know, where, you know, probably unemployment is high, but I think that's artificial. It was record unemployment globally in most yeah. places. And I think we're gonna go back to that. So we have to rethink what that value proposition should be. Absolutely. So let me use this as a segue to one of the elements of that new value proposition of HR, which is, of course, delivering as the, the greatest is possible employee experience. What do you think will, what do you think are the elements of a strong employee experience value proposition? Mm -hmm. Well, one, I think like everything, it needs to be personalized. And again, that's something that's different. I think we've designed for the masses because again, we may not have had the tools capabilities. So I think to the extent that we can develop a personalized, more personalized experience, I think that's gonna be good. I think the second thing is developing an expectation where there's two-way learning and contribution going on. Um, as the employer, we can contribute this in your career progression, but you have to also contribute this. So I think that's going to be something that's also going to be really important in this. Um, and, and then truly probably offering a meaningful community in which to get things done. And whether that's how you're, you as an employer um, act within your own community and the communities that you serve, um, it's how you develop and treat people inside. I think those are gonna be three areas that we really need to focus on. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it will continue to be for, 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 for HR delivering this new value proposition will continue to be one of the core elements for us to, to remain relevant, to continue to add value, and perhaps along those lines to differentiate ourselves from technology because we will have the capacity to leverage on technology to deliver that personalized uh, employee experience that you're talking about, but the design uh, of it will will continue will need to be in human hands, right? It will continue to be in the in the in the in the in the in the, in the works of the the humans that are putting the ideas together and that are making them happen. Yeah. So, so you know, when 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 you think about employee experience, and I want to connect this back to to one of the questions that I asked before about the capabilities that we need in HR. 
what is it that we don't have in HR right now that we need to learn or embrace or nurture for us to be able to deliver better employee experience? So I think the first thing is insights. Um, I think we all have tons and tons of data, but how do you take that? And this is where critical thinking comes in. It's understanding the business. How do you create insights that will allow you to take decisions that will drive different um, uh, things of value to your employees? So I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is really about differentiation. Again, based on um, you know the, the past, Things like merit increases, which roles, um, you know, you sort of treat everything the same, sort of as you need to personalize your employee experience to the extent you can. I think we also need to think very hard about what are those critical roles that are going to, you know, drive um, extended value for the company. Do we have the right pipelines in place? Do we know what good looks like? All of those things that differentiate, that would create a differentiated employee experience, ultimately we need to do, and that's not what we've been. Our history has been, well, everybody should get the same you know, merit increase and it's cost of living. But again, we need to find ways to differentiate those roles that will add more value yeah. and be more robust around those types of things from a development and a reward perspective. That is that is absolutely fantastic. So now let me let me use this as a as a segue for we talked a little bit about personalizing employee experience, which you know I think we all know that one of the most effective approach to do this uh, is uh, by leveraging on technology. So I want to ask you about the the importance and the role of technology in helping us driving workplace transformation, but also HR transformation? Well, I, I'd say to me, um, and my career has always been around focusing on, um, you know, companies that need to transform um, technology that's going to either differentiate how we operate in the company and or how we uh, deliver value to the market, and then all of the talent related aspects to that. So from a technology perspective, I think, it's critical, but it needs to be done. It's a tool, right? It's not going to change the world unless you have a strategy. So determining what your strategy is and then figuring out how to execute using technology as one of many pieces to help drive some of those things. You know, where you invest in technology um, to enable your strategy will be different at every single company. For example, in my company, we needed to, because we're transforming into really much more of a technology company, understand our technology employees a lot better. So we invested in a tool that is helping us with some workforce planning, giving us insights in terms of where different skills are located. So in the event where we win a piece of business that maybe we weren't fully expecting, we know globally where can we pull resources in order to help deliver it. That um, helps our employees because it develops them. It helps us because we're not having to use contract employees, et cetera. So it's a win for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a, that sounds, that, that is a fantastic example of, of bringing to the table a little bit of the humanity piece with, of course, the, the technology piece as well. I think the integration of these two pieces is, is critical for the success of, of HR and the workplace going forward. You know, you, you've been leading HR for, for, for a long time. 
what are the most exciting things that you've seen HR changing over the past maybe five, five, seven years? You know, I think probably the, the ones where I feel like we've driven the most value is when I can see what we've done um, and how it has impact to the business. So for example, I worked at a software company for, for many years and, and right, we got acquired, but before that, we were heavily involved in a product and we'd go and talk to our customers about it, HR. Um, I think we went and we did white papers. We looked at ROI, it was an HR software company. And that was fun because we were able to see a business grow from zero to $100 million, which was big as a sort of startup within our company. I think it's where, um, and I've done this a couple times, I've taken my HR team out to visit a customer and I always intentionally choose one that's going to beat us up so that we can really get a sense of um, what our employees do um, when they're out visiting customers. And I think that makes us better able to deliver um, tools, programs, et cetera, that um, add the right value. It also helps us understand, you know, walking in their shoes, if you will, for some time period. And I think the last thing, and this is actually probably the most important and it is applicable, applicable across, I think everyone these days, it's workforce planning in terms of those insights. And that's something that my team here has been working on for the last probably year and a half or so. But to be able to look across your employees, know where you have skills so that the businesses can make decisions on where do I source things? Where am I gonna have problems ultimately if we win this deal proactively instead of historically what they've done is you know, call on Friday saying, oh my gosh, I need 30 software engineers in this location by Monday, help. I mean, it's way too late. It's again, moving up to the left, moving up in the value proposition to deliver that understanding so we can more effectively run our business. Absolutely. One of the things, Kristen, that I love about the way you approach HR is that you, you do it from a perspective of collaboration. And one thing that you mentioned to me in a different conversation was shared ownership. Shared ownership when it comes to, for example, technology tools for HR. It's not just a tool for HR, it's a tool for the business on which IT, finance, the business leaders have some shared responsibility to make it work effectively. And, and you just mentioned a great example, which is I'm going to go to one of my customers, the ones that are going to beat us up the worst so that we can learn about not just, the, not just to hear the great things that we're doing, but to hear what are the things that we're not doing or that we're doing wrong in order for us to improve. And I want to bring that to the, to the, to the front and center of our conversation and, and ask you, how, how do you approach these conversations? How, how you as a leader go to ITE, to finance, marketing, sales, whatever it is, and tell them, hey guys, we're doing this, we wanna collaborate with you. What's, what happens in that conversation? Yeah, so first the way that I do it, um, and it's been my experience that works well, is that I have a conversation with a leader about a mutual business challenge that we're facing. So we know, is it something related to revenue or is it profitability or is it, you know, whatever the case may be. And, you know, I do a little bit of brainstorming. You know, I certainly always come in with a point of view, but once we kind of get to sort of a shared understanding of what the issue is, and we start thinking about ways that we can solve that, then I can you know, bring in my perspective. Hey, I have been thinking about this. This is a tool that I'm interested in. And then we go from there. And I think in most cases, 
where I've done a good job of developing sort of the shared ownership and accountability. At the end of the day, I might be driving something, but you know, they're informed, they've put, had input. I give them credit for doing whatever I end up implementing. Because again, at the end of the day, if it's something good for the business, I don't care who gets the credit. Um, if they, I'm fine with that. But we work together and agree. Then as I go forward, they're a stakeholder. They're also then mutually accountable and responsible for getting something done. And then when it goes really, really well, you know, they can feel proud that they were part of doing something that ran very well. Now, where I haven't done that well, or if we just can't get to an agreement, um, that's, a, that's a different challenge. And then as an HR person, I have to really think, is it worth the time, energy, effort, all of the challenges that I'm going to have, knowing that this is going to be the backlash? And sometimes it's just not going to be. Absolutely. And I know part of the genesis of all this approach is something that is, I think is one of the premises of you as, as a leader and your team. It is HR people are selling, sellers. They are sale, salespeople. They are selling ideas. They are selling concepts. They are selling business cases. And I know you're very big on approaching your work in HR as in we got to go out there and convince our finance people, our IT people that we need this, it's gonna make us better in this way, it's gonna cost this much, and it's gonna bring back this amount of money or value. And I also know that you have this, one of your internal customers have this list of five powerful questions that, that he always asks you when, when you wanna put something together. And you have taught your team that whenever you, whenever the team will approach that customer, they have to have the answers to those questions beforehand. That is the preparation. So. I'm connecting this with the idea of how important it is for HR leaders and practitioners to be able to turn their ideas into a business case that makes sense for the organization. What, what do you say about that? What do you say about the elements of such a business case? And, and what do we need to be effective at selling them? Mm -hmm. So I think first, it, it's, it's, uh, it's a really good question. You have to understand who are the decision makers or who are the influencers, right? So you have to think about what is going to be on their mind? How are they going to think about it? And I'm thinking about a tool that I'm, I'm going to, I've gotten approval from my CFO on. Um, and I used, a, I went in with the financial ROI first and then all the other things. Now he said, I think it's good, but I think our CEO needs to approve it. But I'm going in with him in terms of a different value proposition. And I'll, I'll show the financial ROI, so he's done that. But you really have to think about that in terms of what, are, what is the lens that they're going to use. I think second thing is the critical thinking aspect, which is why is it good to go down this path versus doing some other? So it's like a make-buy decision. Is it better to do it this way or this way? Um, I think sometimes historically HR has been all about, you know, proposing things that are like, uh, what is it, motherhood and apple pie. They're good. Why would anyone say no? Of course you should do that. But I think the question is, if you look at it truly from a business case perspective, you know, what are the best things that are going to do? And is it better to do 20 things sort of halfway well, or is it better to do one or two really well? And that's probably where I would you know, most choose is, is a smaller amount really well and get that done. So know who your stakeholders are, understand what the issues are, and then, you know, use your critical thinking still skills to determine why is this solution better than others that you would uh, bring forward. I, I absolutely love that. And I, and I hope we, we, we take off our, our HR, our only HR hat 
and learn how to put the business hat because what you are describing right now goes way beyond the what traditional core functionality of HR and it goes it's on the boundaries of HR it, it goes to to you know make us think about embracing skills such as being able to sell an idea to embrace a business case to read the audience which I don't know how we fail at that but we have uh, to read the audience and to know that when you talk to a CFO that may be more financial oriented that human quote-unquote oriented then you need to have the financials uh, clear and maybe with a CEO the conversation is a little different so I'm, I'm, I'm very happy that you are sort of bringing that experience to, to our audience. Well, you know, one thing I might suggest to people, if you don't know how to do it or you don't know how to start, that's okay. I, I, I Don't worry about it. If you have an organization that has a really good finance person, sometimes if it's a bigger organization, it's called FP&A, Financial Planning Analysis, or a marketing person that sells, those roles are all about ROI and choices from a financial or from a customer product perspective. Go and talk to one of them and then figure out in your own mind, how can you translate that into a people or a talent perspective? Conceptually, they're the same thing. It's making choices, figuring out where to add value. You know, finance is doing it from a financial perspective, marketing from a, how, who do you sell to? We need to have the same processes from a talent perspective. Absolutely. Just, you know, as, as we, this has been a great conversation and as we wrap it up, there, there's, I want to ask you, if we, if you were to recommend HR leaders one action that they can start taking right now to think with that business hat that you were describing, with the hat of your HR process is a business process and you got to be able to sell it and show the financials and show the business case, what would that action be? So, so say that again, the action related to selling? A yeah, selling the business case or becoming that kind of leader that, that it feels that they are a business unit and not just a nature function. So I would say probably the biggest thing is understand your business and start with knowing what your financial goals are, knowing what your strategic goals are just for the year. And if you can link what you're doing and use some of those things in a dialogue with the people that you work with, that's the one thing that will drive, I think, the most value and people will sit up and take notice because you're doing it within the, con the context, right? Your, your recommendations are contextualized into running the business. So if you don't know what those things are, that's perfectly fine. Just go and ask. They'll be happy to share that with you. But if you can do that and start using some of that language, that's the number one thing I think people can do. I, I love that. And it, it, it may sound as, as basic, but very often we fail to do that. I, I was one once in this conference and there were you know dozens of HR leaders and I asked them, how many of you really know what your business is about, what your priorities are? And I don't think more than 5% of the HR participants in that conference raised their hands. And I was shocked because I told them, how do you know that what you're doing is helping or hindering the achievement of those goals? So you got to start with the basic. And I love that this is, this is the real basic uh, for, for HR. So Kristen, my last question to you is, what are you the most excited and the most concerned about the future? You know, I think I'm, I'm so excited about what the role that technology can play in supporting a transformation. I think people have heard the word 
AI and they get scared. And I look at it as assisted intelligence, not artificial intelligence, because I think it can assist us to make decisions. And I think many more jobs are going to be created because of that, that we'll be able to offer a higher level of value insights into our talent so that we can be better employers, um, that we can develop people better, um, that we can leverage you know, resources better and, and lift up our communities that we, we live and work in. So I'm excited about that. I think the biggest challenge right now is just getting through um, this technology transformation. There's just so much happening in the world. It's, it's distracting. It seems like just every day there's one more thing and still we need to go and we need to, it, it, we don't have the opportunity to say, no, I want to opt out. I want to stop. We need to be able to go and again, helping people get through that change cycle, if you will, even though you don't know exactly what it's going to look like on the other end, we just still need to be able to go and, and that's going to be a big challenge. Absolutely. It is. It, it really is overwhelming. All that we see in the world right now, and especially in the world of technology, is really overwhelming. And, and I love that you mentioned before, you got to start with the basic, which is you got to understand your business, because only then will you be able to say, out of all this overwhelming amount of technology and things to do, these three or four are the things that actually deliver value in the context of my organization and my business goals. So that's, that's fascinating. So Kristen, thank you so much for being with me in this podcast today. Thank you. Thanks, Enrique. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next Hacking HR podcast. See you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.